It's so nice to meet you. I'm so glad that you're here. And look at us. We're wearing the same color shirt. Matthew, you're out in Hawaii, aren't you? Yes, sir. One of my favorite places in the country, in the world. Have you lived there all your life? No, actually, I was a New York boy who moved to Los Angeles and then moved here in the early 90s. And what brought you to Hawaii? It was a love thing. You know how that is. What have you eaten today? What did I eat today? I had a lot like breakfast because I jog every morning for about two hours. So I had, oh my God, not a very special meal. And I, and I love food. I understand that that's part of the theme of your program here. So my, uh, it was cereal with various vegetables and what have you. You know, this is a delight to meet you because we've all been watching you on television for a long, long time. Your career is still intact and exploding and you're just as vital. Well, Matthew, it's great great to talk to you. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm 88 years old, had one of the most uh, dramatic experiences of my life, which has gotten gigantic publicity. And that is that uh, I kept the secret for quite a while. And uh, just to discuss it about a week and a week, a week and a half ago, uh, I did not want rumors to get out and be distorted or what have you, since it was decided that I had to have a major, major surgery. The great concern was because of my age, 88 years old and what have you, the first surgeon I saw last week, I no longer have any sign of cancer at all. Oh my goodness. That's fantastic. Congratulations. So the just to congratulate me, I said, you went all this distance. They said, well, it was very special. The only other thing is, I want to assure everybody that in spite of the rumors, there is no brain damage. I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> because I have a philosophy in this day and age with things as critical as they are. If we can't laugh at ourselves in this day and age, we are in gigantic trouble. Was there a diagnosis a while back about about cancer at any point? It was a stomach cancer, yeah. yeah. So it was a major surgery. But at the same time, I, I pulled through. And uh, two days later, back on my two-mile hikes daily. So I, uh, I'm, a very, I'm a very active person. I think best when I'm moving around, walking and what have you. And uh, uh, I, I love the outdoors, which I would have a fields day in Hawaii. My God, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I love different parts. I've traveled all over the world. Million, the, the amount of uh, uh, miles that I've flown are in the millions, probably more miles than many, many pilots have ever flown. And uh, this is not at this time the most attractive time to fly with all the delays and people sometimes being stuck in airports for an entire 20 some hours and what have you. My, my bookings are all here in the East coast in the next two weeks, but it's a, it's a, it's a crazy time. We are going through a strange culture as I'm sure you're aware of. Yeah, absolutely. You know, especially you're talking about these post COVID days. Our culture has changed uh, dramatically. And uh, I think one of the greatest mistakes ever made by any individual on the face of the earth was to take down the walls on the security of the United States of America. That That is almost beyond belief. Politicians will allow that to continue. I will never know. But but at the same time, I, became, I started to become concerned about this three or four years ago when I saw the changes in our culture taking place and realized people coming into the country, we now have, what is it, about 8 million and non-registered citizens in the United States. And many of them, when they've come into the country, are going into parts of the United States where we don't even know where they are. This is not the best way. When you start doing things like, I've mentioned this for the past couple of years, who would have ever dreamt that comedians 
and public uh, figures would say they would never work in a university in the United States again, that they would never, ever again work in the United States, simply because many major universities have a rule that if you perform at that university, you must supply a script to your entire program and you cannot change in any way, shape, or form. Wow. And performers have said to me, Creston, we ad lib in everything we do. Never again will we allow such a condition to take place. In the 1940s, broadcasters said to me, Christian, we never saw this. We never do anything about this. Because now millions of dollars in the United States have been set to universities. So you now have people teaching in universities that are teaching the history of this country in a very negative way. This is for a sponsor. The millions have been sent in by, by communist China who hopes to take over the United States within 12, 14 years. More and more things are breaking down in our culture. Certain things can't be discussed as well as they once were. And the person who wrote how to do this, and this is where we better start getting our asses together and teaching genuine history. The person who wrote about this was Adolf Hitler, how to destroy other nations. And he used that technique. And God forbid we ever follow his footsteps because he was one of the most evil, terrible persons who ever lived. I'm not a negative person, but with the, because I love this country and God bless America. I love it with, with a great fervor, but we've got to, we've got to secure our United States and teach an inspiration. I mean, who would have ever, my brother was a policeman for uh, 15 years. I have worked on scores of law enforcement cases. Who would have ever thought to reach a point that the police would be Shanghai and restricted and so forth, or that people would be allowed one of the the most incredible mistakes we've ever made, and they'll write about this in years to come, is we have all these films of people entering uh, stores and just stealing stuff and walking out with stuff. The problem with that is that is now an imprint on the minds of children And as a child, believe me, my parents never had me watching live coverage of stores being, which things were stolen, because that didn't happen. But now we are teaching our youngsters a part of life, which is almost beyond belief. Who's responsible for that? I never imagined in any way that our discussion would would take a political bent and a woke a woke bent or commentary on security and so on. So tell me who's who's responsible for it at our level in the United States. When you talk about security, are you talking about keeping people from entering our country? Or are you talking about the lax security me- measures that are being taken by various different law enforcement? Well, I'm not, I'm certainly not talking about keeping people from entering the country, except to be able to walk in the United States without being a, 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 a and, and go wherever you want and live wherever you want and have the government pay for your food and everything else. This is asinine. And by the way, folks, listen to me. Make a note of this as you find out more and more of this going on. With all of this happening, folks, don't for one reason think this is just spontaneous or accidentally happening. Yes, we have a president who is uh, not, certainly not prepared to lead our country at this time. And we won't go into that. I, I have nothing as politicians. I wish that most of them were dead. But at the same time, we have to realize that these things are not happening. But a tremendous amounts of money are going on behind the scenes. Finance, what's taking place in universities, that's taking place in our political picture. And some of our politicians are not dedicated to the United States as we would like to think they are. Because who would ever allow just open borders, millions of coming in, 
Does anyone have any idea of the insanity of such? I wonder how many more do we think will happen? So we we are we are in a different setting today. But my my point is we have got to reinstill in our young people a sense of loyalty for this country. This is this has been a beautiful, dedicated country, and we've had such major people for people to tear down statues of Washington and Roosevelt and so forth as criticism of the United States. How could we ever allow such a thing to take place? I would not have dreamt of this four or five years ago. But when I saw the handwriting on the wall and heard the plans that were going to be made, none of this surprises me today. Other than that, other than that, I've got to tell you something, because it is a great nation. I hope it will remain such. Other than that, Matthew, I never expected to talk about this, except that uh, how could we go on the air and ignore something like this happening? Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought it up. It just, it took a direction that I wasn't really uh, expecting, but I'm happy with you expressing anything that you want. At the same time, my career has been a tremendous adventure. By the way, my work is a passion of mine. I, I am constantly busy. I still do every week now. I don't know how many years it's been. I'm on YouTube, on YouTube and Facebook. I do a weekly 10 minutes to a half an hour, which is on a different topic. They've been on many, many different subject matters. Uh, there have been movies I've reviewed. There have been situations I've gone through, dramatic incidents in my career. It's done spontaneously. I take it live, but when people see it, they can see it all week long. You, the current weeks and last weeks are intriguing because as I've been traveling so much, and I'm on the road much of the time. I mean, people started calling me and saying, Kreskin, are you aware that certain locations on the highway, on the main highways in New Jersey, have stores or businesses in them which seem to be haunted? Now, I don't, I don't sell haunted situations. I find haunting is interesting and exciting and, uh, and what have you, but I'm not selling ghosts. I never did anything like that. It was I, I, seances were always fun and dramatic to do, but that's another story. But they said one gal, one reporter, she's on every day, five days a week. She saw a figure crossing the street, strange looking. And when she stopped the car and got out and looked for the figure, the figure had disappeared. And, and then there's a rumor that in one of the highways that this figure appears every once in a while and scares people. And they, they, get, they get all kinds of concern and are afraid to, to get out of the car and what have you. We do have rumors of hauntings taking place on the New Jersey highway. And I just think it's an interesting, refreshing thing. Although I don't believe in ghosts, I don't think there's any evidence of, of actual ghosts, but the people have seen things that have been very dramatic. And consequently, what did I do the past two weeks? I named each of the places where there's been hauntings and told the story behind them. And that's last week and that's this week. This week's haunting one goes for about an hour or 45 minutes. So anyway, life is interesting as you travel, as I travel around the world. I, how can I ignore something like that since it was taking place in my own home state of New Jersey? And as, as I've traveled around the world, my, my experiences have become more and more dramatic. I don't, uh, I, I, I love to, my sense of humor is very exciting in my life. I love to kid myself because some of life is so dramatic and traumatic that we've got to laugh at ourselves from time to time because without comedy and comedy has been censored more in recent years as a lot of us are aware of they've they've restricted some areas of things that you can't 
joke about, but that's not what that's not what life was made about. When I was growing up as a kid, it was the Second World War. I saw the comedians, the fictional comedians of Mutt and Jeff and what have you, and I saw Laurel and Hardy, and I saw all these famous performers because that's what carried us through a war that was tragic, but but it's what what life is made about. So if you are reaching a point, those of you listening in, I'm giving you some advice and I don't usually talk about things like this, but if you're with some friends and they start kidding each other, for God's sakes, don't do what many people are doing now in restaurants and what have you, getting up and walking to another table as restaurant workers tell me, just stay there with them, kid them back and go on with something else. But for God's sakes, don't you dare lose your sense of humor. That is a curse. Yeah, that's great advice. You know, I wanted to go back to what you were saying about the seance and the fact that you don't believe in ghosts. How do you separate the two? Because I, I just as a matter of fact, we've been watching a show, a BBC show called Ghosts UK. And they're in well their fifth season. It's, it's wonderful, right? Very well written and very well acted. I've attended scores of seances. Tell me the difference between ghosts believing in ghosts and what a seance is and does. Well, a seance, uh, uh, I've held seances, but I don't happen to believe that we're really uh, catching ghosts or, or achieving them. There's other uh, other explanations to ghostly happenings. And some of the ghosts are created by people who are attending the seances and believe in them so strongly that they're filtering in. And their report is more of what they have thought took place or could have taken place. Other times, things take place that we really can't explain whether it's a, a strange sound in a house, uh, altering things happening, uh, suddenly uh, crashing things taking place. Uh, I'm not, listen, I'm not saying, I have not, just not seen evidence of ghosts, but I'm not saying that if you believe in ghosts that you're, you're wrong and what have you, that's your privilege. But it shows that things are happening in our everyday life that we can't totally explain. And we, if we had absolutely, uh, absolutely unquestionable proof of ghosts, you'd have scientists reporting on them, their laboratories, or showing, well, this was really done by a ghost or what have you. No, we 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 have things taking place that we can't explain. That's what makes a uh, life all the more interesting and dramatic. Don't, um, if it turns out it's your aunt that's calling you, and and she might have some information on where some money is hidden. You go ahead with the seance because if the money comes through. I want to cut. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> if you believe in ghosts, it may not be scientifically represented, but it could be considered a coincidence. And like you said, if Aunt Joan is telling you where some money is buried, don't cut off the conversation. <laughs> no, that 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 rarely rarely happens. That, that that anybody tells anyone where, unless someone else in the family knows about the money and sees somehow that it gets into the seance. Uh, uh, without being, giving credit as to where it came from. But that's another story. Seances are, are fascinating. Be, you have to understand uh, there are cities that are legendary, that are famous for having seances because they have become almost a model city, not Los Angeles, because the, the people who live in Los Angeles having are having their own seances. Oh, no, I'm only kidding. Los Angeles is <laughs> Los Angeles is an experience. I, 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 I don't think he would disagree with that. Movies have been made about uh, 
different parts of the country where things have taken place and uh, have been very interestingly uh, sourced out. And some of the uh, some of the writers look at the great horror story writers. I I like I, I like a great horror story. I get scared of my wits if the story is well done. And uh, and I've and I've held dramatic seances where tables have moved, flipped over, and what have you. And one of the most famous, by the way. And folks, take my advice. You want to see one of the most dramatic seances I ever did in my life? Go to Howard Stern's where where he broadcasts. Go to his location for his broadcasts, and go to the one in which someone by the name of Creskin, 15, 20 years ago, holds a seance. On his show, the seance is live. There are uh, there's about, about two dozen people who sit at different tables in different rooms, and you're going to see one of the most dramatic happenings that ever took place. And I'm talking with Stern. He can't believe it's really happening. Tables are flipping over. If I point to a table and people put their hands on it, start to move across the table and crash into another one. And... It probably is one of the most traumatic visual seances you've ever seen in your life. And yet it was spontaneous. It was not in any way prepared. And the people who were sitting at tables, didn't. some of them didn't even know each other. That you've got to see because all I can tell you, the best way I can describe it, and Stern said it many times, it was wild. <laughs> yeah, he said it was one of the most amazing on-air experiences he ever had. And that was in the late 90s. You remember that experience? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a fan of yours, man. I, we go back a long time, you and me. I want, I want to tell you something. I have such great regard for him. I, I have such. We, we, we don't put barriers. My, my career, my life has been, when I think of the, uh, they say it's 88, but I, we think it's more, more like, to be exact, 66 Johnny Carson shows I've done, 66 of them. The Mike Douglas, the Merv Griffin, on and on the shows go. The stories I could tell you behind the scenes. And uh, Carson, you know, became very special in my career through the years of my working with him. One of my favorite stories, a lot of people don't know the background story of this Johnny Carson appearance. I was on, now, now Carson's not been on for a number of years, but, and, but when I was, was a regular and he had his own show and what have you, I was appearing frequently on the show every couple of weeks or what have you. And one day I came on Johnny's show and I had some stuff in my hand I was going to show him. And I and when I walked out, because Carson was always kidding, always had a joke to say, what have you. And here is, you guessed it already, you read my mind, folks. Here's the amazing Chris. And I walked out. So help me as I walked out. Matthew, as I walked out, I tripped and fell flat on my face right on the set at NBC in the Carson show. And there's the stuff crashing to the floor. And a, a few people chuckled, but John jumped up. He was concerned. And then he was so concerned that I decided not to move. I decided to lay there with my hand on my chin with some of the stuff in my hand that I was going to hold and show him. And he started doing routines built around my lying there and what have you. And this went on for five minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes, almost 10 minutes. People were chuckling. And finally, to a commercial break, he says, Creskin, come over to my desk. And when we went to a break, he says, Creskin, thank you. That is one of the most beautiful gifts I've ever been. I'm sorry you fell, but your lying there lent itself to all kinds of wild things I could say about you and what was happening. 
and you 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 gave me ten minutes of unwritten time for the show. Now, after that, what people never realized, and of course, that was a legendary experience because he had a wild time was mocking while I was lying there and what have you. For years after that, look at some of the Johnny Carson repeats when he was introduced and walked out. Let's say he was playing a character in the story or whoever the other guests were on his guests on the show. He was coming over to their table because he was playing a some idiotic character. When he came to the table, he came to the table and bumped against it. That was based on the incident when I came out, which he said, I wonder if the theory is Kreskin was drunk, but he based that character on my incident and came as a result, had a new character on his series. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Would you admit it now if that was like a take, a special fall that you did on purpose, but people thought it was an accident? No, it was an accident. Okay. And, I, and, I and, uh, and I'd like to say it was it was, a, it was an act, but no, I, 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 just, I just don't do things quite as stupid as that. In fact, I can't remember, maybe once or twice in the few thousand shows I've done, I've tripped and fallen, but I, I don't think so because my audiences have been everywhere from from uh, theaters to nightclubs to private homes, as is happening more and more lately when people mm -hmm. are, are starting to have more and more private things in their homes rather than going out to places and what have you. And I've had, uh, I just did one for a rather prominent group of, of, um, of people in the business, and it was about 40 some people all privately invited in their home because it just made it to, it was a very, very special incident. As a matter of fact, one of the features, as you know, of my performances is my check test. I know that very well. And I've done this all, have you never been in person to see it, have you? Have you no, I haven't, it? unfortunately. Well, I've just explained to the viewers, because okay. I've done this all over the world. In fact, uh, last year I did it in Japan, with an audience that did not speak English. My host did some English, but a lot of the time he was interpreting things for the viewers. And still, I, I was able to do this test. The, the, the test simply is, in my programs, uh, I do 45 minute appearances or what have you. When I do an hour and a half show or two or a two and a half hour show, if it's an evening performance and it's a show totally built around me, then in the last part of the program, I come forth with my feet for the evening and we pick from the audience by chance. Objects are thrown in the audience or what have you. And the people who are picked come up on the stage and there are five people. I hand them my check or the committee will verify, yes, it is my check. It's going to escort me to verify that I cannot see or, anything or hear anything that happens within the theater. I now leave the theater and the committee, by the way, has been told while I'm out of the theater, take my check, hide it anywhere, anywhere in the entire auditorium. It can be on somebody, just not on the committee of four, but it can be anywhere, long as I can get to it with some degree of safety. And then when they've hidden it, they can, someone will go out from the, uh, from the audience as a witness and say, Kreskin is ready, come in, in. I will be escorted back in by the person who guarded me and verified that I saw nothing, heard nothing, because my agreement is this. If I fail to locate my fee through the concentration of one or four of more of these four people, by the way, I don't ask any questions. I don't converse with them. There's no conversation at all. But if I fail to find my fee, 
I will forfeit my fee. I will turn it back over to the committee and the committee will return it to the company that hired me and the program will be for free. This is whether I've done shows for private groups, for corporate groups, for public groups and what have you. And have I failed? Yes, I have failed in my entire career 12 or 13 times. That's not many when the thousands of times I've done it, but uh, those have been losses because in you know, in one case, I lost maybe $4,000 and other things like that. And, and they become uh, fair, serious amounts of money. But thank God there hasn't been such a loss in recent days. So that's the agreement. Think of where, what's been, where it's been hidden. I've come back into a theater. Oh, I've done shows outdoors where the audiences have been a few thousand people. And I've been taken into a building where the doors have been closed and I've been guarded by a number of people who say he could not see outdoors. There was no vision outdoors and brought back into the thing. I have a committee. I say one person, just follow me as I walk through the audience and just don't even, don't speak to me or what have you. And I'm walking through a crowd of, of I don't know how many thousand people. And they're all, a lot of them are standing because I'm standing and they want to, see me clearly where I'm going. And I walk down this row, hundreds and hundreds of people, and I stop in front of a person. I said to the person, would you open your mouth? I looked at him, I said, close your mouth. I'm sorry, I apologize. That was a stupid asinine thing. There was no check, what have you. I'll go back to the committee. I pick one other person on the committee. I said, you must concentrate. Concentrate on where this is hidden, even though you're not talking to me or anything else. Now I'm walking through the audience. And so help me God, I'll never forget this incident. I freeze, I stop, and I'm thinking, this looks familiar, and I turn, and I'm facing the person I faced before, and I look at him and I said, oh my God, I'm back to where I started. Can I ask you something? Does this have anything to do with the roof of your mouth? I wish we had a TV camera at that sh show. He reached in his mouth, took out his upper plates, and handed me my chick. Oh, wow. So my check has been hidden in the most incredible, in some cases with, with uh, husband and wives there, I can't even describe to you where it's been hidden. Good taste. Yes. But my life has been in most an incredible adventure. And, uh, and you can hear a pin drop when I'm doing this because just last week I had in my performance one of the most traumatic experiences, unsettling experiences I've ever had in my life. I come back. It's a private affair. There's 41 or 42 people. There are prominent people in the business. Uh, they, they, they were enthusiastic and wanted a private show for them. They've hidden my check. I come back in. One person is concentrating. I walk to one end corner of the room. I stop. I turn around. And I'm telling you, Matthew, I walk through the crowd because it's filled and chairs are near each other to the other end of the room. And I'm doing this for four or five minutes. I can't figure this out because I find myself drawn to this area where there's maybe a dozen people sitting in there at tables or what have you, drawn to this area and then walking away and going to the other area. People who know me well, were they there? Or people who are, have known me through my career would be concerned on what kind of chaos what insanity is being possessed on me? Now, approximately eight or 12 minutes have gone by. 
And I am telling you this, Matthew, and you, I'm giving you my word of honor. Within four minutes, I plan to toss on the towel, even though I was certain when I got to this area. And finally, it's about two minutes more. And I literally, that's it. I'll give my check. I forfeit my fee. I, the show is for free and it has to be for free, even if they wanted to pay me, because that's been the condition that makes this check, all, this test all the more dramatic. I'm stopping at a table. And I said, you know, folks, I don't know why that's, let me reach down. There was a little container on the table. I lifted the lid of the container and there was a watch, a watch that I had them hide in lieu of my check. You know, these watches that have lids on them. If you press the watch, the lid opens up and you read sure. the face of the watch. Because the person who booked me had not come through with the actual check, then I said, we're going to use something else because even though that he's, he may not be here, this is an actual check test. This stands for my check. It opens up. I thank God I found, and everybody's applauding, I found what was to be in my check. In the back of the room, a gentleman stands and says, Kreskin, you know, I've been a fan of yours for years. I booked you all over the place. I booked you for tonight's show. I said, yes, I didn't even know you were here. He said, that isn't the whole case. I forgot to tell anybody. I hid your check. Where you were going, one of the times was where the check was, and where I was going was where I finally found it. So I, but, but what a terrible, you have no idea when I know that there's one thing hidden because I have found an object hidden in a small town in the state of New Jersey with car to drive, to tell the driver where to drive, and then getting out of the car and walking through a major city and finding it. When you have things pulling you in both directions, it didn't make any sense to me. It was one of the most, un, it was one of the most, un, and people who know me closely called me and said, we must have known what you were going through because that's not even normal for you. It's one thing if we're hidden in a city, somewhere in an entire city, but for two things to be hidden made no sense. That's wild. Now, you have to explain to us because the, for those of us who don't have mind reading or psychic abilities or other supernatural powers, what is it about you besides your wonderful ability to be a showman and an entertainer? What is it that allows you to find the check in the middle of an auditorium or in the middle of a state? Well, Matthew, I have to explain this because I don't, I don't consider this in any way supernatural or what have you, because I have to give you a little bit of background and I, and I want you to keep your eye on the clock so that I don't talk too much or so, but uh, because I love telling you these stories. Early in my career, I had an inspiration. People would say, who did you see? Who was the performer you saw? I never saw a performer that inspired me. I, I, I've seen performers that I admired and what have you. It was a comic strip called Mandrake the Magician. Right. Mandrake was written by Lee Falk and Phil Davis. He did not have he did not have uh, hypnotic powers. He, he influenced people through the hypnotic abilities and through the power suggestion. He solved crimes and what have you. And I wanted to be like him, but I started as a, a, a my te my uh, preteens as a magician and, and started performing, and then started doing that. I was able to start to tune in on people's thinking, and slowly edited whole segments of my program out because my work became dealing with the power, the power of people's thinking. And people can be very intuitive if you're very close to people and you learn how to gain a great rapport with them. You can often pick up things 
that they may have in mind. That was the beginning of my career. Then by that by that time, I started doing the check test occasionally in my performances. It was now in uh, in college and performing already. And by the way, I was already performing in high school and grade school. I had a teacher, Miss Galloway, who was my fourth grade teacher. She also became my sixth grade teacher. She was so impressed with the possibilities she saw in me that she would set aside on Fridays an hour, and also in, in sixth grade, an hour for me to work with my audience because she said, you're, you're doing things with the audience that I didn't think were possible. Well, I never knew this until after she was gone. Talk about how people influence others, Miss Galloway. I did not find out until after she died. I saw her before she died. She was in a special care home and I admired her and what have you. But unbeknownst to me, from fourth grade to sixth grade, to the years I was in junior high, high school and college, she sent private letters to some of my teachers saying, you must inspire this person. You must encourage him because he has a gift, which is unbelievable. And she wrote those to teachers, even though I had in college. And I never knew this all these years. Is that is that not something? But under certain conditions, people's feelings, their thoughts, if they concentrate. And I build a kind of rapport with people. If they don't concentrate, then I can't do this test. They have to literally concentrate. They must in their own. Now, I can't imagine there are times when I can't do with everybody. Not a, I don't mean to offend anybody. I, I explain, you know, I just don't. I'm not always able to do this please understand and most people i can do i can do something with and in my performances i'll sometimes project a thought into someone's head a series of three or four digits which, which uh, when they open the envelope it turns out that's what i wrote in the envelope it isn't that i'm talking to some supernatural phenomena i'm i'm learning to build a rapport an inner locking with people i'm dealing with and i'm known for this all over the world what made it dramatic matthew is can you imagine my succeeding in other areas of the country where they don't even speak English? Right. But the people that I worked with and explained to them how I want them to think, to picture something and so forth, they got the message across. And it's exciting to know that this can even work sometimes when people don't speak English. Now, I have friends that I know very, very, very well. I, I feel I could do better with them if they didn't speak English. I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> So you have a certain amount of mind-to-mind communication and clairvoyance that's built in on an intuitive basis, more so than a training or any supernatural powers, right? Let me tell you something, Matthew. I've told this story all over the world, a story I cannot explain. I cannot explain this to you. Years ago, when I was living at home, when I was traveling already, because I was going to school, college, what have you, I woke up and I panicked. It was late. I had a show in New York State. I had a flight I had to take in Newark. I said to my parents, I can't eat breakfast. Let me get cleaned up and dressed and so forth. I'll get my luggage together and I'll take it. I jumped into my car, which was already late, the appointment for the flight. And I decided to take a detour going into Newark. I've driven in Newark scores and scores of times. Why ever did such a thing? Well, when I got to the airport, in those days, you didn't go through security. It was very rare. Everybody knew me. I went to the counter. I said, here's my luggage. They said, Chris, can it's late? you got to hurry you up. Here's your ticket. You go outside there. We'll get this to the plane. So I walked outside and I had to walk a few houses, buildings down to where the plane was. And I turned in time to see the plane taking off. I missed my flight. 
I was upset with myself. I don't miss flights. I don't oversleep. That's not my nature. I hurried back to the counter, and there they were. They say, Kreskin, we didn't think you'd make it. We thought you'd try. Your luggage got on the plane, but we didn't get it to you in time. We can get you connecting flights. You're going to connect in New York State and then take another flight and go to the city that you're performing in in, in New York State. So thank God I didn't have my clothes. My clothes were on the check on the other stuff. And I took a connecting flight and went to the town in which I was performing in. Now I'm backstage in the city in which I'm performing. The nightclub is sold out. I don't have my dress clothes. Some of my luggage I don't have. I just had a carrying case. But I got enough to go on stage. That's no problem. And a gentleman's about to introduce me. And I said, you know, I, I'm not dressed for the show, but they'll, we're going to have a good time. And as he went to the door, opened it, the back door of my dressing room opened and two police walked in. Kreskin, uh, you're Kreskin, aren't you? Yes. We were told that you were here. We are, I don't know, we're like 45 minutes from here, but we heard about you're missing your flight and so forth. And we went back. This is the luggage it was on your plane. I said, stop the show. Don't start yet. Let me change my clothes. They said, maybe it's a good thing you didn't catch your flight. I said, what do you mean? They said, the flight you were taking crashed in a cow pasture in New York State. Oh, wow. And we found the luggage outside the plane, but you weren't on it. I, I deliberately, unconsciously took a detour. I overslept and hear the plane crash. Huh. Things like that don't happen. I cannot explain that. I cannot possibly explain it. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty wild, especially that it happened more so than you having a feeling about it ahead of time, right? I didn't have a feeling anything was going to happen. Yeah. I have any feeling. I mean, my missing the flights was stupid and I was annoyed with myself. I did. I just was upset that I missed the flight. I never knew that a plane had crashed until the police walked in and said, it's best you didn't take the flight because we found this all this merchandise on the grounds and I cow pasture. I'll tell you something. One thing I will say to you, Matthew, if you think we know the answers to everything in life, there are a multitude of unanswered questions. There are mysteries in life. And I think this is one of the great examples of the adventures we have. I've been blessed. Oh, yeah. How many times have people over the years asked you or challenged you? So, Kreskin, uh, what are the Powerball numbers going to be next week or anything along those lines? It happens all the time, right? I don't, I don't get involved and I don't foretell the future as far as I, I have foretold the elections, many elections through the years. I'm not just doing this election. It's too controversial and there's too much anima, animosity involved in the election that, that, that I just have held back, seriously back. But I uh, travel, I see changes taking place. We don't really know a lot of things that are going to happen. And as far as that incident, and I've had a number of other similar incidents through the years. I don't claim to have any supernatural powers. Yeah. Those things. The good Lord has blessed me in many more, many ways. And my religion has been very, very important in my lifestyle. I really, by the way, if people want to know, then go on the internet and look up conversations with Christian and see my my weekly, The Adventures of the Amazing Christian. That's a book, a book I, I've written 21 books. And the Adventures of the Amazing Kreskin. You can go on my webpage if you want to. There's another book, uh, Amazing Kreskin Illustrations by Howie Noel. And uh, you can go on my webpage and see what's going on. And writing 21 books, they haven't all been personal, personal things. They've been about commentaries on the future and how, how we can 
control ourselves better. And I've been very through. I, I know we only have about a minute left or two minutes, right? Is that what no, it is? We, we, could, we can actually go a little bit over. This is a special day. Well, let me just say that I've gotten some, Matthew, some wonderful, wonderful feedback from this. I decided a couple of years ago, I've done seminars. I've worked on scores and scores of law enforcement cases with clinical psychologists and helping people with problems. I decided to give special seminars, showing people how to concentrate better, how to invest better in their thinking and time. And uh, I just did one three days ago. It ran for 45 minutes. People don't have to be in my home. They can be at home on the internet and they see the explanations. They deal with the use of a pendulum, not the pendulums like horse and device would have you, but a certain use of it that I think has revolutionized how I've incorporated the pendulum. And all I can tell you is scores and scores of times I'm being booked now for private homes where they're going to invite 40 some people or 20 some people would have you to take part in this, but I'm doing it on the internet and I announce every once in a while when it's available and it's helping people get a second opinion. The second opinion is their unconscious mind because the many of the answers we have in our life are from our unconscious. We see more, we pick up more than we're ever consciously aware of. And sometimes in a hunch, we'll think of something that we didn't pay attention to before, but this is a technique that I'm teaching. And I want to tell you, the people I've taught are celebrities, people in broadcasting, what have you. And they call me and say, boy, I made a decision that I had to make. And I took a second opinion just to see the direction I should go in. So I thought it would be something I would want to share with you. Oh, that's excellent. So you're, you're able to help people get plugged into their intuitive self to make better decisions? I feel this way. We all, with our success, have to give something in life in return. I can't teach people to do what I do, to read thoughts, to perform two-hour concerts, what have you. But these techniques now, and they're done seriously, they're done individually, whether it's you in your home or you're there, or if it's a private affair where my, my audience is all sitting in front of me, they have a certain material, a, a certain pad, and a pendulum, what have you, that I teach them. This is something that I can give back with, and I'm very proud about this. And I'm getting some darn good response that that makes me inwardly happy. I'll tell you. That's fantastic. You're, you're sort of in the stage of your life where you're in a pay it forward mode and that's great. And to share. And then they get feedback from people who said, you know, they, they made this decision. But the interesting thing is understand this folks, we are all picking up more when we meet someone for the first time, when we go to an event or something and we're with, with, with some others, we're picking up more than we're consciously aware of. It would be good if we're building up a rapport with someone, if we find out there was something else we picked up that we didn't realize, that we didn't know about. And that was your second opinion. Anyway. Chris, nice. get a couple of quick questions before we say aloha for the day. Is that okay? Aloha. You're, you say aloha because I understand. I love, I love Hawaiian. I wish I could speak Hawaiian. I wish I could. So let me ask you this. When did you go from a typical Kreskin to the amazing Kreskin? At what point in your life did you transition to the amazing Kreskin? This is a true answer, Matthew, because I was answered this a couple of days ago and also at an affair that was attended by people in broadcasting and what have you. And that's the question he asked me. I decided, now remember, I was performing in my late teens, but I was also performing and already then was doing full evening 
two-hour concerts. Those shows, when I was 14, 15, 16, and I have people come to me that are on in years and say, Kreskin, I was going to school then, and I saw this two-hour performance of yours, and you're still doing it. And all, all my life, it's been part it's been part of my makeup it's the way i think the way i function when i jog when i when i go on two mile hikes my my i get some of the greatest ideas in my life that's where i do my and i don't i don't carry a pad with me god forbid <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, carry a cell phone with you all the time like everyone else i always carry a cell phone uh-huh. just in case there's an emergency but the phone in the past year has only rung rung maybe a dozen times because of some sudden changes in my schedule that they had to let me know about. They haven't been emergency. uh, Besides Johnny Carson and Howard Stern, two famous people uh, whose shows you've done multiple times, who else over the years, what other people who did talk shows did you really, really enjoy? Oh, yeah, and Mike Douglas. But these people had a a special rapport with me. Do you understand how how I worked and were very protective in booking me on a show that the person wasn't going to, I, I love humor and I love kidding, but wasn't going to interrupt or make a, a, a scene or anything like that. And things like that. You know, the funny thing is those things never happen. Those things never happen because when I was booked on some of the shows, there were times when I was booked on it, when I've I talked about this, where I never even explained what I was going to do because the booking was the last minute. And I came on and they somehow knew that somehow I would make it work. When, when you work outdoors, indoors, when you work uh, at, a, at a place where there are young college people, older college people, people from all walks of life, college audiences have been fascinated with my correct my, my career because they look at what I do as an adventure, that I have my check hidden. Who would ever think? Thought of doing anything as insane as this. <laughs> Please never do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but well, you know what? I never say goodbye. I always say, in the spirit of broadcasting, to be continued. Very, very good. What will you be eating tomorrow for Thanksgiving, Kreskin? I'll be having a meeting with my, my relatives, whom I don't get to see very much anymore uh, because I'm traveling a, a lot of the time. So I'm, I'm eating, I eat endlessly in, in restaurants and in, uh, guest places or people with some some meals for, especially prepared for me and so forth but i'll be having turkey with all the dressing and what have you uh-huh. and I, I i do like my 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 tastes are such my family on my mother's my mother's side are from italy my grandmother from sicily my father's side of the family was from poland so i like kielbasa and oh my god all kinds of polish dishes and my favorite dish is still spaghetti with meat sauce oh my oh. god in oh, fact, you need to make it out here. I'll make it for you. Oh, do you make homemade spaghetti with meat sauce? Hey, you know, the lifelong chef. And who knows spaghetti and meat sauce better than an Italian Jew? Oh, my. And you're Jewish too? <laughs> that, that is so neat. I, I always, All right. To be, con, to be continued in the next. And by the way, spaghetti also, as I'm sure you will agree, with the meatballs and, and sauce would have you, sausages and what have you. It tastes even better when it's heated the second day. You're right. The flavors have a chance to meld, and then it's so much more delicious as it dances on your tongue. <laughs> You're a joy to talk to, and uh, you bring out, you brought out a lot in me that I haven't had a chance to talk about, and I enjoy talking about because it it shows a side of me that people don't know. I'm glad that people enjoy my my work and and enjoy the fact 
that I want you to know that I am having a ball performing. Oh, that's I, great. I, I, I love my work with a passion. And that's even when it's difficult. You're a good soul. <laughs> you know, it's nice to make new friends. And I'm so thankful that you came on. I've been a lifelong fan of yours as millions of others. And uh, I just want to say aloha from Hawaii to you. And thank you so much for coming on to 50 Tastes of Grey. God willing, I'll see you soon. Take care now. Thank you, too. Thank what, you. What, how long did it go? One, one hour and 10 minutes? Something like that. Did you have a good time? That's the most important thing. Yes. Yes. And you... You are an extraordinarily skillful listener. I've been interviewed by hundreds and hundreds of people in my life, thousands. Of, and uh, you, you, I could tell within the first four or five minutes, you listen very deeply because you have background on me and you have a, and so forth. It makes it very refreshing to work with you. We'll do this again sometime. Oh, I'd really, really like that. That sounds fantastic. In the new year, how's that? Oh, yeah. that's been great. We'll celebrate the new year. Fantastic, my brother. Thank you so much once again. We'll take care and we'll talk soon. So long now. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. I, I don't even know how to shut things the thing off me. There's something here. But it's something. Uh, you don't have to worry about it on your side. I'll, I'll shut it off from this side and you can just go have fun with the rest of your day. We'll talk soon. Take Thanks. care, Kreskin. Bye-bye. Bye.